All right, we're, we're gathered. We're going to try and get started here. Good morning. I'm Steve Tewksbury. I'm an elder here at the church. And Kyle, can you bring this down just a hair? Um, and I apologize, I've got a cold, so I don't usually sound like this. Uh, but uh, God will use this time anyway, I think. So if I get sped up a little bit too much, just tell me to slow down. It's probably the, uh, the drugs talking. Uh, today is uh, our, well, yes, Alka-Seltzer Plus might get me uh, standing up in front of you. Uh, we are doing a, uh, we're doing an 11-week series on the Ten Commandments, uh, based on a book by uh, J.I. Packard called Keeping the Ten Commandments. This is number four, uh, and Camper started us out, and I think uh, Chris Mills did last week, and I'm here to do the Third Commandment. Uh, just to recap, uh, we're here uh, kind of as a, as a help to the sermon series that Brandon is doing, so in no way am I going to, to try and delve into the depth that Brandon will be preaching on but uh, to build a little bit of what, what Packer has said in, the, in his short book. Uh, and we're here to cultivate a heart and mind as we prepare to hear and be changed by the Word of God, preach during our weekly Sunday worship service, and uh, we're going to begin or continue our conversations uh, with one another and the Holy Spirit as we journey together through the Ten Commandments with our sermon series, conversations that will hopefully carry on throughout each week. Um, Camper has uh, wanted to share, uh, to continue to share and keep uh, keep on our hearts and minds uh, what what Packer is kind of using as his call for us on the Ten Commandments, and that's written out there. It's, it's God's love gave us the law, just as His love gave us the gospel. And as there is no spiritual life for us save through the gospel, which points us to Jesus Christ the Savior, so there is no spiritual health for us save as we seek in Christ's strength to keep the law and to practice the love of God and neighbor for which it calls. Why don't I open us in a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to come together this morning as a church body. Father, I pray that you would bless this time. Lord, bless uh, me, a broken vessel, in bringing uh, your truths uh, before uh, these folks. And Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be here and that you would make us think on your word in ways we may not have thought before. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So let's stand up. We're going to start out with a promise uh, from Exodus 20, verse 2, and uh, we will be reading the third commandment today, is verse 7. So please stand and let's read together Exodus 2 and 7. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Amen. Please be seated. So when you were growing up, think back on either Sunday school or if you weren't churched, what your perceptions were of this particular commandment. What did it mean to not take the Lord's name in vain? Anyone? This is the give and take portion. Come on, you guys must have had a thought. Yes, Ella. Not to use it carelessly in conversation. Okay. Very good. Watch your profanity. 
use the right profanity. Okay, leave God out of your profanities, okay? <laughs> I'll have to check with you on those, Josh. Yes. All the time, right. Right, right. So it was almost using God's holy name all the time, and it just lost meaning. Oh, my God. Yeah. True, true. Okay, very good. Anyone else? Thoughts on the third commandment? Okay. Um, how do you think this commandment is generally perceived in the church today or by the world today? In the world. Anyone? Third commandment? Not very seriously? Okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Kind of lacks meaning, it's meaningless. Yeah, Greg. Hmm, it's true. It's true. A lot of people just use it to color their language or for shock value. Yeah, Libby, I'm sorry. give us an opportunity if we ask them to think about what they're saying. Holly. Yeah. A national ad for something. Shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Holly. <laughs> right, right. Or, or Steve, that's okay. <laughs> you never hear anything there. Right, because they know it means something to you. Yes, Margaret. Okay. Right. So they should swear by Buddha or Muhammad or something like that. Stop using God's name in vain. Okay. Yes, Holly. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Well, I think I think people when we export our culture in movies and, and music. I think that's foreign cultures kind of see that as part of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Right, so even, even believers, this is, goes into what, we, what our actions are, what our words are. Letter of the law and spirit of the law. Very good. That's a good transition. Anyone else? All right. Um, Packer goes through, and this, uh, this chapter is named, Are You Serious? Question mark. Uh, the rhetorical answer uh, to this, of course, is often we're not serious when we speak. Uh, in vain, Packer says, literally means for unreality. So we're using God's name for unreality. We're not applying it. And he says, what is forbidden is any use or involvement of God's name that is empty, frivolous, or insincere. And again, I'm touching on the three areas that we have here. First area that Packer touches on is irreverence. And that's speaking or thinking of God in a way that insults him by not taking seriously his wisdom and goodness, kind of touching on uh, a lot of things that we spoke about. Uh, he used uh, Job and Job's wife as this example. Job was trying to do the right thing through very difficult circumstances, and in the end, his wife just said, just curse God and die. Your God is not a good God. But Job refused to do that. Um, uh, Packer says, whenever sinful self-absorption makes us hate God for what he allows to happen to us and to others, we break the third commandment. So I thought that was pretty, a pretty um, helpful insight. Whenever sinful self-absorption makes us hate God for what he allows to happen to us and others, we break the third commandment. So I think we need to remember his promises to his people. Um, I found you know, Romans 8 is very clear about this. Um, Romans 8.28, for we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purposes. And later in Romans 8, uh, 38 and 39, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So again, if we understand and revere God's name, and understand his plan in our lives, we'll have a lot better understanding of what it means to take his name in a serious light. Uh, second, bad language. This, I think, is what a lot of us think of first when we think of people swearing or cursing God or using his name in vain. Um, Packer puts this simply, it expresses neither faith nor worship when people use bad language for God. So again, um, when you said the kids in the yard, we use, we use God's name when we're talking about him or about his goodness to us. That's a very good point. Um, if you dwell, uh, again, Packer, if you dwell on the truth that God is Lord and orders everything, even our frustrations, for our sanctification, you will find yourself able increasingly, even in the midst of maddening moments, to quote-unquote keep your cool. So when you are cursing those okay curses, you will not use God's name in vain, I guess Charles or Herb. Um, imagine, if you will, that you live in a world where everything you say is scrutinized and repeated. If you're a parent of a toddler or a teenager, I'm sure this is not too hard for you to imagine, because your kids will parrot back to you exactly what you said, the young ones, and you're like, how did you get that? Or your teenagers who are, but you said, but you said. So. As Ronald Reagan, George W. Bush, and most recently Jesse Jackson found out, the microphones in our lives are always on. So our words are our witness to believers, 
and to non-believers alike. And um, Ephesians 4.29 uh, covers this. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So I think it's very helpful that we consider that we do um, not use bad language because it does express neither faith nor worship in our words. And the third point that Packer mentions is promise keeping. And this is one that I really hadn't considered so much. And it moves into the areas of promises that we make and oaths that we make. But we need to be very careful when we, when we make those promises and oaths, when we're using God's name in those oaths, and even when we're not using God's name in those, in those oaths. Um, not only the words that we use, but the intent to keep our word. If we have invoked God by name in order to give our words credence, that is a monstrous irreverence if we then go back on them. A godly man, therefore, will make promises cautiously, but keep them conscientiously once they're made, knowing that irresponsibility and unreliability here are great and grievous sins. In Leviticus 19.12, it says, You shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of your God. So think about some of the promises we make um, in church or before God. What are some of the things that we use in our everyday life or we use Christian? Marriage vows, very important, before God and his witnesses. Others in this church, you guys have seen? Candy. On the Bible? Right. So help me God, do they still use that in the courtroom? Yeah. Right. Anyone else, things that we use in the church? We use in our church? Our membership vows? That we will live to um, protect the peace and purity of the church? In our baptism, when we baptize a child, what are some of the things that are asked of the parents and the, and the family? Yeah. Right, we as the church body are asked to support the parents and the upbringing of the, of the child. So these are pretty serious things, obviously, and I don't mean to throw a damper on this. This is an this is a, a, uh, opportunity for us to kind of understand what it is. But it's not just vows that we made before God and before each other, but it's promises that we make every day. And um, as believers, these carry a lot more credence, I think, in our lives. So we need to be careful when we say, honey, I'll be home by six. Or I'll go ahead and put the, the wash from the wash to the dryer. Don't worry about that. Or I'll have that, I'll have that report on your desk first thing in the morning. So when we leave those things undone, um, they eat away at our credibility our witness and can deeply affect our relationships with each other. Um, I think you would know that firsthand if you have ever um, come home to a cold dinner and probably a cold spouse if you don't show up at 6 o'clock. <laughs> if you've ever put on a clean but pretty sour smelling shirt, those are always wonderful things that wa wash that sat in the washer for a couple days and then gets thrown in the dryer. Um, and if you've ever dealt with a coworker who's really 
depending on you to get your part of your job done in order for them to do their work. That's, that's uh, a pretty brutal uh, realization that our words need to carry a witness. Margaret, thanks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll try not to hurt. Right. Yeah, yeah, but it's often very difficult. It's the hard path a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Very good, very good. Is there any other thoughts on these, uh, these three areas? That seems pretty intense, doesn't it? Charles. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of these um, do's and don'ts, but how they fit into our life in Deuteronomy. Okay, practical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, do you do you think now you can understand uh, it? It always gave me a hard time in order to understand how using God's name in vain and then keeping vows or promises how those kind of interact. But is that clear? Libby. So do we as Christians, do, are we allowed to play on two playing fields? That's, that's in Matthew 5, um, verse 37 is, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Just let it be that. Anything else is too much. <laughs> yeah.
Nazis, is it? Yeah, interesting. Yes, Jack. Right. The blood oath. Right, it's a cute British vernacular saying. Okay, um, I think it would be uh, helpful at this point, we're gonna break into small groups. I know it might not be comfortable for some. As Presbyterians, we can do this, come on guys. We can, we can talk about uh, a few of the questions. I've got a few of them listed there and discuss um, in the groups here. We'll, we'll take about um, probably about 10 minutes to do this. But think about what it means. Uh, does taking the Lord's name in vain have to do only with promises made in his name? We can think further on that. Why does God demand that we keep our vows? And why is it still important? I mean, as Christians, don't we have grace in Christ? Is it, is it that important? <laughs> and uh, what would Grace Covenant Presbyterian look like if this command were fully embraced by his members? So let's, uh, let's consider these things, and we'll, I'll come back up and um, try and wrap us up. Thanks.
Okay, I, I hate to I hate to break in because there sounds like it's a lot of great conversation happening, and this is a good thing. But I wonder if uh, if anyone would be interested in sharing kind of what what's come out of the discussion. Um, anybody within your small groups? Did you find anything amazingly profound? Come on, folks. It would be helpful for the rest of us. Anyone? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Right. God, God often, well, you consider Abraham and Isaac when God said you have to sacrifice your son. I mean, how, how difficult would that be? But he, Abraham was faithful, yet God provided a way out, and Isaac was spared. So, any other thoughts? Never have a problem finding nursery volunteers if... If we live this, right. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Okay, this is, this is a good practical application. <laughs> Hazel. Okay, the deaf, the deaf, the Baptists in the back. No, just kidding. Um, those in the back is basically the, the church would not have a problem finding nursery volunteers. That was the, that was the thing. Because we're, uh, we're, we're raising up the, the families. Yes, with, with good gag reflexes, I suppose, is also an important uh, caveat on that. Okay, well, very good. Um, Christ uh, talked about, in Matthew 12, um, a tree being known by its fruit, and this kind of encapsulates what we're, we're talking about here. 
Um, he says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. He's talking, of course, to the Pharisees. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Those are pretty sobering uh, truths. So let me, uh, let me try and send us out with a little bit of encouragement, too. Um, because we need to be mindful of our words and their meaning, uh, but let us also love and forgive each other as we are forgiven in Christ. Um, so from Ephesians 4, 29, 32, just to be mindful of this, the, the third commandment of God. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Let me close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come together again this morning uh, to think about the truths of your word and how indeed every part of your word needs to enter into our being. I thank you that we have the grace and mercy in Christ Jesus and I pray that we would be true ambassadors for you, that we would be salt and light to those around us and we would be good witnesses to, the, to our children and to each other. We pray for your grace in Christ's name. Amen.